Ding, ding, ding. It worked last week. It will work again. It's time for another round of All Blacks Only. It's World Cup Finals weekend, baby! <laughs> we are chock-a-block with World Cup Madness today, but we will quickly cover off the places that we're all going to watch the game come Sunday. 56% say at home. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. 19% say at the pub and 12% say at someone else's house and another 12% say not at all. Boo! Anyone say they're off to get a massage? Oh, my. That was one time. <laughs> one time. So good. Oh, I need to prove myself in this episode. Kia ora. This is Newsable. I'm Jess. And I'm Imogen. And this is what's worth talking about. Would you believe we've managed to convince Jeff Wilson to come back once again for pre-match analysis? I'm going to miss him when this World Cup's over. Me too. We're also chatting Fozzie's future and the legacy Ian Foster leaves behind when that final whistle blows this weekend. We've tracked down commentator Keith Quinn who called the last final match-up between the ABs and South Africa in 1995. And for balance, because we are the most impartial of impartials, we're chatting to the team behind Bar Africa in Auckland about their weekend preparations. We've got all that coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz support. Well, well, well. Here we are, two sleeps away from a Rugby World Cup final between the All Blacks and South Africa. We're not going to beat around the bush here. We're going to get straight into things because if there was ever a time to say it's game on, it's now. It's game on! Sky commentator and former All Black, the man, the myth, the legend, Jeff Wilson, who's joined us throughout the Rugby World Cup. Jeff, we made it. We made it to the final. Oh, tell me, what are the All Blacks going to be thinking right now? What's became really clear with this group is they're really comfortable with where they're at. I had a chance to chat with Sam Kane yesterday. They know what they've been through, how to prepare for big games. They look a really settled and happy side. You know, they've come through pretty much unscathed in the last couple of games. It looks as though they're going to get to where they want to be in terms of their strongest team. So everything they could have asked to go right has gone right because they've been tested and they've proven that they're good enough to be in a Rugby World Cup final. The challenge now is what are the Springboks going to bring? Conditions, it's been raining a lot. Forecast is not looking good, so... There's a lot of things they'll have to deal with. But the one thing they keep talking about is problem solving. Their ability to adapt. In every interview you do, that's the one area they're probably most proud of is the fact that that's what they've been able to do when the things have got difficult, when they've conceded yellow cards, when the opposition's got some momentum. They've thought quickly on their feet. They've changed the way they've done things. And that's why I think right now they're feeling really, really good about where they're at. Any worries, any niggles that have started to creep up? Yeah, my hamstring's a bit tight. Um, no. <laughs> Walking the streets of Paris will do that to you. Oh, you're talking about the All Blacks. Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> no, no, at, at this stage, it doesn't look as though there's any, any issues whatsoever. I mean, they did some really good conditioning work in Bordeaux, and, and but there's no doubt that they've sort of come through these games and whether the preparation has just been right. I think the returning players from injury, they came right at the right time, so all of a sudden they're not overdone. Um, that's the one area of the Springboks. They've relied heavily on their full squad. These guys have played a lot of minutes and particularly the way that they play. But look, we've got a couple of guys in Nepo Lalala and Ofatuanga Fasi who did some heavy lifting early on in the tournament, and now the young guys have been able to come in really, really fresh. And So I think all of a sudden the balance, the opportunity in terms of selection, everything's gone really, really well for the group. So, no, they look good, they're training well. Um, it's just a matter now of, of them putting out their best 80 minutes of the tournament, and if they can handle the pressure. But it's going to be a war, there's no doubt about it. 
Uh, Jeff, you were playing last time the ABs faced up to South Africa in a final, 1995, in South Africa, when, of course, South Africa won. We'll just skip over that bit. Uh, what does it feel <laughs> like, though, before a match like this? What is your advice to the players? Vastly different. I mean, it was vastly different. South Africa in South Africa was different. And there's no doubt there's a lot of South African fans who are here. I think they recognise the All Blacks are in a different space than they were even two weeks before this tournament even started. But the advice to these guys, I don't think they need advice from me. I mean, that's the great thing about the experience these players have been through. You know, and I was still pretty young then in 1995. You know, I was, I think I was 22 years old. And so there's not many players who are in this group who haven't been in big games before, who, mm. particularly the ones that played last year in South Africa when everything that could be going wrong for the All Blacks was going wrong. And so I think that's why they're really, really comfortable. And in 95, we probably weren't quite ready. It went to extra time, though. That tells you how close you can be. And I think that's mm. the other side of it. I think that's what I, the advice I would be um, telling these guys is the fact that that's what it's going to take, is it's going to take an 80-minute. Mm. It actually might take more than 80 minutes. You just don't know. Um, you might have to go that little bit extra. And, you know, the one thing I, I keep saying, come back into though, they, they seem ready. And if, if it went to that, I think they'd look forward to it because, you know, if you're going to go out and you're going to go out, why not? do it against the, one of the biggest challenges there are in world rugby and it's the defending champions you know and they'll be at a level emotionally the Springbok team they'll be fired up they'll be ready to go and they know that they'll need to be because if the All Blacks get out of the gate quick get some confidence it could be a, a really difficult challenge Let's talk about the Springboks then. They've had arguably maybe even a tougher road to these finals if you look at their opposition than we did. And it's a team that we are so familiar with. We face them regularly. How strong are they looking ahead of this final? It's an interesting question about this road to the final, which people are talking about. We've made it look easy because we played well. It wasn't easy against Ireland. That took a huge amount out of the group. Now, yes, Argentina are a little bit disappointing, but South Africa gave England the opportunity to win the game. And that's on them. That's not on anybody else. And they're a side that backs the fact they've got great depth in their squad. The way that they play the game, um, it is confrontational. That's their own choosing. That's the way they choose to play the game. So, you know, the All Blacks, yes, they play to their strengths. They try and play on top of the ground with high tempo. The Springboks play a more confrontational type of game. They didn't earlier on in the tournament, but when it's come down to it, when the, the big games and knockout games, they've reverted back to being a little bit more conservative and the weather's dictated that a little bit. So you choose how you want to play. Play your strengths. Mm -hmm. The Springboks will play to their strengths. Sky commentator, former All Black and firm friend of Newsable, Jeff Wilson. I would have put zero dollars on us talking at the before the final what? after that France game, but I'm so glad we are. What? <laughs> no, I'm an absolute <laughs> what? wagon fan over here. That was Jess, not me. Oh my lord. Jess said that, not me. I offended an All Black legend. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to get out of here quickly. <laughs> Jeff, we will talk to you again, though, after this final. And for anyone who is played along with Jeff Wilson's pastry reviews, we will get a full debrief on his favourite pastries. Ah, no, I'm detoxing. Oh, you're detoxing? <gasps> I'm detoxing. Already? Yeah, it's time. Oh, it's been eight weeks. <laughs> I mean, you can detox back here. No, I'm, I'm out. I am out. Honestly, <laughs> I am baguetted and, and croissanted out. I'm gone. Baguetted. Honestly, I, I, mean, I, I won't dare weigh myself. <laughs> oh, you need to. You need to. <laughs> All right, well, you have to come up with something jazzy to review oh. at the end of our final chat together. The best sparkling water you can find. <laughs> no, I tell you what, if, I, if, we've won, if we've won the Rugby World Cup, it won't be a sparkling water I'll be having, I can tell you that, 100%. <laughs> 
Now, everyone, remember you can watch the final on Sky Sport or Sky Sport Now this weekend. And Stuff will also be live streaming the showdown too, as well as having all the on and the off-field action you need. Check out Stuff's Rugby World Cup hub at stuff.co.nz. If you haven't already, find us on TikTok or Insta and chuck us a follow by searching Newsable NZ. We have polls, we have videos, we have everything you could dream of. And if you ever want to get in touch, flick us an email, newsable at stuff.co.nz. Ian Foster may well end his tenure as All Blacks coach with a win, but that won't change anything about his position. He's still due to hand over to Scott Robertson next week. But this has all still been a massive turnaround for a coach that at times last year looked like he might lose his job over a run of losses and arguably only stayed in the position because of the backing of the big players. So to talk through the ins and outs, the ups and downs of Ian Foster's journey over the past year, we're joined by staff senior sports reporter Tony Smith. Kia ora, Tony. Thank you for joining us. Uh, this smile on Foster's face in recent weeks really says it all. He has survived. Who would have picked it? Did you? Probably not this uh, time a year ago, to be honest. Like like a lot of uh, New Zealand rugby observers, uh, felt there was probably change in the wind. But uh, I guess what we're seeing really is a, um, a vindication of his belief in himself and his coaching methods and also the... Uh, the senior players' faith in him as, a, as the right person to lead them to the World Cup. Now, if we take a step back, those poor results last year did cloud a lot of our judgment. But if we look at his overall performance, how well does Fozzie stand up? It, it was interesting. I was talking to a uh, former coach today about that that, that point, and, and in some ways you're not comparing apples with apples because uh, the international coaching scene now is much more competitive than it, than it was, say, a generation ago. There's more teams that can, you know, we've seen the rise of Ireland and France. Mm. So his record doesn't, if you look at pure uh, statistics and percentages, it doesn't stack up to the likes of um, Steve Hansen, Graham Henry, who, you know, are 87% in Hansen's case, wins ratio, Henry 85%. So his record doesn't stack up on that level, but to be fair to him, he's had a, a tougher road than even Hansen had. It's a much more competitive scene now. And what about the, the senior players in the squad? You saw last year when it was kind of riding on the wall for him, they came out publicly and privately, I imagine, to really back him. Yeah, I mean, he was he was respected as Steve Hansen's assistant, but a lot of people from the outside looking in, including you know, media people and uh, the rugby public, felt, is this guy actually a head coach? Mm. But clearly he is. I mean, his results are showing that, but also the players' faith in him. He was actually going to lose his job. If they'd lost to the Springboks in Johannesburg last year, he was gone. And those senior players went to the New Zealand Rugby Chief Executive, Mark Robinson, and said, he's our man for the World Cup. Tony Smith, thank you so much for joining us for a fuzzy yarn. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts. In just a second, we're chatting to Keith Quinn, the commentator who called the 1995 final between South Africa and New Zealand 
he has some great yarns to spin and you want to catch it. But first, can I ask you that if you haven't already, make sure you give us a follow on your favourite podcast platform because it'll help other people find us and it'll make sure you never miss an episode. So, it's more than 25 years since the All Blacks last faced South Africa in a World Cup final. Look, the details are foggy, but there was something about a waitress called Susie, maybe some food poisoning. I don't know. Look, suffice to say, it didn't exactly go to plan. But someone who was in South Africa and indeed commentating on the game for TV1 is Keith Quinn. And Keith is with us now. Kia ora. Kia ora, Imogen. How are you? Hello, Jess. How are you? Very well, thanks, Keith. Very excited to have you here, Keith. A few years ago, I know, but can you describe that atmosphere in South Africa before uh, that first kickoff? Well, of course, uh, South Africa had been uh, out of world sport. And when the world rugby um, allowed and world sport allowed South Africa back into um, sport when the when with the release of Nelson Mandela in 1992, uh, they immediately gave the next World Cup after the first two to South Africa. So there was great excitement in South Africa for the third World Cup, and New Zealand had a good team. We weren't sure how very good they were. But when they got to South Africa, I can remember saying to some of the British reporters, yeah, we've got a good team, but we've also got a guy on the wing called Jonah Lomu. <laughs> and they were saying, oh, Jonah Lomu. Yes, we've heard of Jonah Lomu. <laughs> I said, no, you've got to learn to say his name correctly. It's Lomu, because he's going to be the sensation of these games. By the time they got to the final, the place was in a ferment because South Africa were on the other side of the draw. They were also... Uh, down to play New Zealand in the final. So it really was uh, a sensational atmosphere around that game. You were there from a New Zealand perspective, but it, did it feel written in the stars that South Africa had to win that game, given all the stuff you've mentioned? They'd just come out of apartheid, they'd just been given this World Cup and had this amazing run. In a way, uh, the world probably was hoping that we wouldn't win so that South Africa could have this fairy tale story. Nelson Mandela by then was the president, and he, of course, endorsed the rugby, he could see what sport could do in the world and especially in his country. And so he endorsed the white man's game, which was rugby. So his presence lifted the interest in the game. So when he made his first appearance at the World Cup, it was for the first game against Australia in Cape Town. Uh, and then he didn't go to any other games until the final when he came out onto Ellis Park in Johannesburg and he was wearing the Springbok colours the number of the captain of the team, Francois Pina. And so when they came together at halfway and shook hands, wow. it was a powerful, mm. powerful moment. Keith Quinn, a joy to chat with you. Uh, go the All Blacks. It may be a bit of an early start for a Sunday, but as you can imagine, venues are throwing themselves behind this whopping big final. Eden Park is set to transform from a simple stadium and field into Paris in the park, a completely free event on Sunday morning. It'll use its huge screen to broadcast the final. You do or will just need to grab a ticket, though, through Ticketmaster. And bars, of course, up and down the country are opening early to host ardent rugby fans. And... One venue that is providing a home for South African fans here in New Zealand is Bar Africa in Albany in Auckland. And to tell us all about the preparations, we're joined now by Chantal Seedley. Kia ora, Chantal. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Imogen. So excited. I can imagine. How many people are you expecting on Sunday? Oh, look, Imogen, I mean, you know, we're expecting about 500 plus, but anything can happen on the wow. day. You know, as South Africans, the way we get together, 
rally up and just support our team. I'm expecting more than that, to be honest with you. Wow. Wait, and how, tell me a little bit about that semi-final weekend. What was that like being in the bar? Oh my gosh. It was a little bit chaotic. <laughs> so we kind of just threw our balls in the air and it was fantastic. We had such a great response. Mm. Everybody loved the vibe. And that's what it's all about, really. Hey, Imogen, it's about the vibe. And tell me a little bit about preparations. Are we getting extra tables in? Was there any special food on the menu? I'll be honest, I've only tried biltong, but I love biltong. <laughs> biltong is the best. I think everyone loves this. Small <laughs> doses, though. <laughs> cool. Seven o'clock breakfast starts, and we'll be pumping out fries, sausage, bacon, baked beans, the usual. And then we are ready for kickoff at eight, which is fantastic. We've got about eight or nine screens around Bar Africa. And as you walk in, the vibe, the decor, everything about the place just reminds you of home. And it certainly sounds like win or lose, you're going to have a celebration no matter what. Do you also have a sense of how important this match is back home in South Africa? Imogen, if we go off what happened in the semi-final, I can tell you now that South Africans this whole week are on edge and nervous as ever before. This is such an emotional game for us and just for us to make it to the final, we are so proud. But as South Africans and extremely competitive, as you can see, <laughs> of course we want to take the cup. But you know what? May the best man win. Chantal Seedley, thank you so much for joining us. And I'm sure Bar Africa will be a great place to be on Sunday morning, win or lose by the sound of it. Absolutely. Thanks for your time, Imogen. We are so excited. Go Booker. Go the Orbits. <laughs> That's no doubt going to be a great place to be on Sunday morning. I won't be there. Uh, I will be rolling out of bed at the last minute possible. I'm making waffles, so I've got oh. to make sure, you know, will the batter be ready? Will you be putting chicken nuggets on those? <laughs> That's a good <laughs> shout, actually. I hadn't thought of it. I can see Producer Philippus losing her mind about that idea. Hopefully we will all be losing our minds with happiness come the final whistle on Sunday. Up the ABs! <laughs> that is Newsable for today. I'm Jessica McCarthy. And I'm Imogen Wells. Have a great weekend. We'll catch you soon. Newsable. News that's worth talking about. If you liked it and reckon it's also worth supporting, please make a contribution at stuff.co.nz support.